Welcome to the Hidden Failure Podcast. My name is Javar Avery. As an entrepreneur, I understand the failures, losses, and depressions that inspiring individuals go through. That's why I created the Hidden Failure Podcast. A podcast where I interview entrepreneurs, athletes, entertainers, and politicians. Not about their success, but about their failures. So, if you're an aspiring individual struggling to accomplish your most audacious goals and searching for a reason to keep going, well, grab your headphones and listen as we expose the hidden failures and emotions of the most successful individuals and how they overcame those failures to keep moving forward. Uh, welcome to the Hidden Failure Podcast. Today, we have Katie Maynard. We're very excited to have Katie. Katie's an entrepreneur, author, speaker, and the CEO of Pink Petro. Katie, thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having me. This is exciting to be the first. Absolutely. You are the first. You know, we just started this podcast uh, to help entrepreneurs, athletes, entertainers, politicians, um, you know, keep moving forward uh, and to uh, inspire and, and help them through your stories of failure. So I appreciate you taking the time. I know you're very busy, but yes, glad to have you as the first guest on Hidden Failure Podcast, and I and I know that you also have started a podcast yourself, correct? And so you kind of understand the, what I'm going through, and you understand that 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 those issues, correct? Yes, it's a lot of fun, but you know, you can't uh, you can't win if you don't try. Yeah, you're absolutely right. You know, you got to keep trying and keep throwing stuff against the wall, and it's something to stick. That's right. right. Um, r- real quick, Katie, you know. For our listeners, if you can, can you give a little bit of color on your your background, maybe some of your accomplishments and and what you're currently doing today with uh, Pink Petro? Yeah. So my name is Katie Maynard and I'm the founder and CEO of a company called Ally. We actually just have uh, rebranded our um our company name, but formerly known as Pink Petro, I spent 20 years or more or less in the oil and gas and power and utilities industry. Um, my background's in communications, but I spent most of my time in global assignments all over the world, helping uh, shape company culture uh, through safety and operational uh, risk lens, because most of the high hazard businesses uh, run in high hazards environments and they require folks to think differently about work. So I had a lot of fun, flew all over the world, lived all over the world, and then was on a flight one day, had just read Sheryl Sandberg's book, Lean In, did not agree with everything Sheryl said, but she had this one question. And that was, what would you do if you weren't afraid? And that stuck with me, um, Javar, because I think fear is what keeps us from living our purpose. And so at any rate, I was sitting on this plane headed back to Houston from London, big meeting. I was working for BP at the time. And a gentleman next to me asked me where my husband was. And I said, my husband's at home with my daughter. And um, it was 2013. And it wasn't, uh, it was pretty common that I sat in first class and sometimes was the only woman. Uh, And we got into it. And he finally, he finally asked me, you know, after I told him that I was in the, you know, the energy industry, he asked me what a pretty young lady like me 
was doing in a dark, dangerous business like oil. And that was my moment. That was my aha moment. You know, I'm, I'm going to go fix this. I'm going to fix this, this stereotype around gender and, and really race all of it, in my opinion, because we need as many people at the table for the energy transition as, as possible. But this whole dark and dangerous narrative that's been created around energy, I wanted to fix that too. But it took me a little while, Jabara had to get the nerve to leave the big corporate chair. But in 2014, I left BP. Um, I brought the idea to a dear friend of mine who said, let me be your first customer. And the rest is history. Wow. So so there is definitely a power and networking and that's one of my rapid fire questions and i can't wait to get to that to see your, your answer there because it's proven that sometimes it's not about what you know but who you know sometimes that's right? right and and so so you're on this journey and, and i would touch more on oil and gas but you know because we actually at sun and moon capital we stay away from oil and gas we don't know anything about it i don't we don't understand it so we stay away from companies we see a ton of companies that are for sale in the oil and gas space and we we typically stay away from them. And so congratulations on taking a leap of faith. I, I know that was kind of, uh, I know it wasn't fun. I know, you know, it was a little, you know, maybe a little, you're a little nervous there, but um, congratulations on taking that leap of faith. And you had a family and you mentioned a family. So is it a, how many kids is the husband, kids? How yeah, many I've, got, I've got a daughter. Uh, and so her name is Ali and it's actually spelled a-L-L-Y, like the new name of the company. So yes, she had um, a big hand in um, in that. And then uh, my husband, Mark, my husband, Mark is an attorney and executive at uh, Baker Hughes Corporation. So we're, uh, we're an energy family <laughs> and I don't blame you. A lot of people are afraid of, of oil. A lot of people are unaware of the oil and gas industry, unaware of energy, period. Um, it, but it's a big topic. It's front and center today next to COVID. And it's going to power us out of this pandemic. So I'm excited about the other side of uh, COVID-19 and excited about uh, the opportunities that we uh, we will have with uh, this new energy economy. Sure. So so it's Ally, yes, right? Ally. I'm not sure saying that right. Ally. So that was more of an entrepreneurial journey, correct? Absolutely, absolutely. You know, we launched Pink Petro and, and the goal was females in oil and gas, right? But what I learned very quickly was that the entire energy sector is really struggling with a talent and culture crisis. It doesn't know what it wants to be. We don't understand the value proposition of energy as consumers. And a number of people want to go work for tech or medicine or the financial markets on Wall Street. And those are all noble places to work. But Javar, we're having this conversation right now because of energy. And we've got to develop this next generation workforce. And that's what gets me up every day. So um, I lost my house and um, my business in 2017. Hurricane Harvey dumped 60 inches of rain in my backyard and the federal government ordered um the dams to be let go into my West Houston neighborhood. And so I woke up and realized, you know, we need more diversity. We need more inclusion. We need more people at this energy table. And um, I'm in a unique position to solve that. But it doesn't mean that I had it figured out. 
It doesn't mean that the vision <laughs> was perfect, right? Uh, perfected in 2013 when I got this idea. Um, it's been a journey uh, for sure from an entrepreneurial perspective. And so losing the house uh, in your business, we're, we're really going to touch on that um, because that fits perfect into the hidden failure. Um, but you were gone from BP at that point, right? You were just, you were on your own. Oh, I was on my own. And I wasn't, you know, it's interesting. The first two years I didn't pay myself. So a lot of people think startups are cool, you know, because they're different and they're, you know, it's new. It's chaos. It's absolute freaking chaos. And for years as a corporate leader, I had all the resources I needed, the money, the, uh, the ergonomic specialist for my back, you know, to make sure my chair was adjusted. IT was there when the printer was, you know, broken. Um, I had finance teams, you know, keeping on tra- track of numbers. I mean, when you're an entrepreneur, I tell people CEO is chief everything officer. And as glamorous as it looks, it's hard freaking work. And the most successful people are what I call freaking failures, right? They make lots of mistakes. The key is to learn from those mistakes, but they're big, fast, freaking failures. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so uh, let's touch on being an author real quick. Uh, Did you write a book around the oil and gas industry and around this whole ally movement? Yeah. So I just published my book, Grow With The Flow, in the middle of a pandemic. Um, I started to write the book in my 20s and it was always on my bucket list. Um, And so it took me two decades to finish it, but it wasn't until I, I, I had my extreme profound loss in work and in my life that I decided it was time to finish it. So I wrote the book to heal. You, it, most people don't realize that you don't write books to make money or to sell them. You write them. Generally, generally people write books because they've got something to say and they hope that others, right, can read that book and get, you know, knowledge. But it was my, my intent to, uh, to heal. So I chose the, the, the title grow with the flow um, embrace difference, overcome fear, and progress with purpose. Well, to to all the listeners, first of all, I will go out and make sure I, uh, I'm a supporter and I'll be a customer uh, and purchase the book. But to anyone else who is listening, where could they find the book? So they can find the book. Actually, so we have limited edition. You can get a signed copy. I have soft and hard copies at Katie Maynard, K-A-T-I-E. Maynard, M-E-H-N-E-R-T dot com slash book. Or you can go to Amazon. You can go to Apple Books, Books a Million, uh, Barnes and Noble. We're on all the major uh, sites and you can get an electronic copy too. I'm getting ready to record an audible. We, I had a request, I had a few requests for that. So at some point, maybe during the holidays, I'll get the chance to do the audible and get that released. Cool, cool. Um so, so Katie, you know, here's where, you know, I, on my podcast, I feel like I need one of those doom doom kind of bells because, you know, once you start getting into the, the failures in people's lives, people think that's a dark and a gloomy space. And, and for some, it is right. I mean, 
you know, some people, you know, don't come out of it and um, some people do. And so that's, that's our, that's our next topic here. That's what we're really here for. We're really here to talk about the failures. When someone Googles Katie, uh, what we see on the surface, we see a successful individual. And by right, you are successful. You've done some cool things. And so we don't want to take away from, from that, but this podcast is about, you know, the, the unsuccessful side of Katie. And so where I really want to start with this and, and get into it is, is your time at BP. I mean, I don't want to skip over that. Yeah, you weren't an entrepreneur yet, but you, you know, you held a, a very high position at BP. And so if you don't mind, let's start there. Let, let's talk about some of the failures that you, that you had at, at BP oh, while you sure. were there. Sure. So, so first of all, I'll tell you that I, I had failures even before BP. So my first failure in life, in my, in my, my career was I lost my job uh, for, you know, it was, it was, um, and I look back on it and actually that was one of many times that I'd lost my job early in life. I'm very grateful that I lost um, my job so early in my career. It made me realize that no one is going to own your career. You have to own it and you have to be, you have to have little tentacles. You have to really be switched on and looking at the environment you're in. You've got to be connected to that environment. So early on, I I had, you know, um, moments and I got to the point where I got really smart and could sniff, sniff a, a layoff coming. And so, um, I got really good, I think, at being able to figure out, right, where the business might be going and, and should I be you know, looking out for myself or should I be concerned? And then the second um, <laughs> massive failure, and it's only happened once, thankfully, uh, I think I learned my lesson. I worked for Academy Sports and Outdoors, which, as you know, here in Texas is a very successful, uh, used to be a private owned company, mom and pop shop. A retailer, and I worked in their um, corporate office. And I will never forget, I was just too different for them. They hired me out of energy. And I thought, this will be neat. Let me go do something in retail for a little while, right? Maybe I'll even get a hunting license, you know, haha. And so I, I went and they wanted to make change happen, or at least that's what they said. And what I learned was they didn't want to make change happen. Change was still um, in the future for them. And so I was young, I was ambitious, and there I was trying to make change happen and very disruptive. And so (laughs) I got a call, you know, I got brought in, I got a 90 day notice, you know, that I needed to improve my behavior. I got put on what they call a PIP, performance improvement plan, I guess. There was really no performance improvement. It was just, hey, you've got 90 days to clear up, you know, your to, to clear up your act. So I write about this in my book. And um, I had uh, had an experience with a colleague who had sent me some inappropriate jokes. I brought those to, you know, HR. I was never someone who felt restricted about being original and being real. At any rate, 90 days to the date, I get a call. And bam, you know, my Donald Trump, you're fired moment happened. And it was, it was a blow to my ego. It, it hurt. I was not a bad employee. I actually, in many ways, was too good, if you know what I mean, for the job. And so what I learned, though, in that was you have to pick places that align to your values. 
And back then we didn't have, you know, a lot of tools to connect and figure out what a company was like, what the leadership was like, right? And I found out actually there were lots of people that if you didn't fit in at, you know, this place, they just let you go, you know, they'd, they'd fire you. Um, so I, 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 you know, I had early days before I got into corporate that where I made some really bonehead, you know, mistakes. And I think those things shaped me, uh, and helped prepare me to be a good leader in, in, you know, global companies. And then ultimately in the job I'm in now running this company. So you asked about, uh, BP. Um, I went to BP. I ran away from Shell because I had a, a bad manager, one bad manager who couldn't, uh, I left. I just, I was miserable. I, you know, I had a great career, but I had just had my daughter and, uh, was working for someone who didn't understand, you know, um, mothers, you know, working from home and needing flexibility. So I went to BP to take this great opportunity to work with the executive team and to work with leaders in the company on reshaping culture after the Macondo incident. And, you know, the biggest mistake I made, you know, um, in BP was a little bit, it was a little bit of the same kind of mistake many years back. And that was, you know, I had to learn the lay of the land. I had to figure out who were the key players. And that's very hard to do. Um, I don't know that I would look at BP, my BP experience and say that it was a failure. If anything, it was an opportunity to take what I learned many years ago and apply it. But I was not feeling my purpose. And I think that's what um, I credit my time at BP. BP, my time at BP made me realize that I was rotting away in corporate America, you know, and that while I could do that job and I could do a job, you know, in Shell or in any, any company, that really my purpose was bigger and I needed, needed to make a leap. But that's a, very hard decision to make when you have steady income, when you have a great salary, when you have great benefits, when you have a child, when you have a husband, <laughs> um, making the shift from the big chair, right, to the chair that maybe doesn't make any money for a little bit. It's extremely risky. It's lots more work um, was a big thing for me. So I look back and, you know, my, my time in, in corporate was amazing. I had a lot of opportunity to take the failures of my younger years and the learnings and apply those. Um, but I will tell you that the next phase of my career as an entrepreneur, I, I can definitely tell you in the last six years, I have been a freaking failure, like left and right. Right. But at the same time, um, been able to try and take those failures and move forward. No, no, absolutely. And, and, you know, when I was mentioning being BP, it was more of a, Hey, you know, did you have a project that you failed? No, on you that, know, we, you know? we, you know, honestly, it's like, I look at it and I was lucky Javar because I failed early. I think what happens is there are a lot of people that don't hit the wall until later in life. And 
it shapes them differently. It shapes them in a different season. When you're young and you hit the wall or you, you know, you, you have a, you have a, a problem, it gives you time. You know, you're, you know, you're, you're not attached. You don't have family, right? You can, you can pivot, right? Easier. The older you get, obviously, you know, the more set in your way, right? And so, um, I really look at my corporate years were, were golden years. And in fact, I, I made an assumption that, well, because I'm so good at corporate, I'll be really good as an entrepreneur, right? Like I got, I got this. And so what I learned as an entrepreneur is that that takes a totally different set of skills. And while the corporate environment helped prepare me for, you know, processes and discipline and things like that, um, building a company and a culture (laughs) from the ground up while doing everything and trying to keep the lights on is, uh, is an awesome experience. It's, it's a, to, to say the least. No, absolutely. You definitely gain a different respect for Steve Jobs and <laughs> those guys that, you know, uh, built these gadgets that we have when you decide to uh, go on the other side of, of corporate America. But no, no, that, that, that's a phenomenal story. Now, now, now I, I want to touch on real quick. How old were you when you got fired from Academy? Um, and did you have a family at the time? No, I didn't. So I was in my, gosh, I was in my twenties. So don't make me do the math, but it was easily, (laughs) it was easily 20 years ago. Right. And so this was in my twenties, which tells you I'm in my forties. And, um, I, I didn't have obligations, right. My obligation was to my, to myself. And so, um, if anything, I remember I called my father who at the time was like, well, you've lost your job now and now you've been fired. You have the right to put seasoned professional on your resume, which made me laugh and made me realize this is just a bump in the road. You know, if you don't fit in somewhere, particularly in Texas, you know, you can work anywhere in Texas and if they don't like you, they can can fire you. They can get rid of you. It's a, it's not will state. But more importantly, I look back on that experience and I say, wow, what a gift, you know, (laughs) I sure would hate to, to have been 40. Right. And, you know, had a short, you know, had a delayed shortcoming, right. You can't, you know, you can't write a book. You can't start a company. You can't do the things that I've been fortunate to be able to do without having some sort of loss and lots of failure. And so I'm glad you're doing this podcast because I think people look at my life and they see what they see on social media, which is, wow, she's made it. And sure. That's right. In many ways we've been very successful, but if I look at the six years I've been in business, um, it's taken me a very long time to build a culture in my company. One that I can be proud of when you work, um, 80 to 90 hour weeks. Um, it, it, uh, it has an impact on your health, you know, your mental health, as well as your, your general health. Um, you know, uh, we've had a, I can, can't count on my two hands, how many people that have worked for me because, you know, we're a growing company and a growing company 
drops balls. Um, there are people that come in that have an expectation, you know, one thing and they come in and it's completely different. Right. Um, so I've, I've learned a lot about myself in a, in a high growth environment. You know, I've learned what I'm good at and I've learned what I'm not good at. (laughs) And I've learned that, that, um, I can't be the chief everything officer, right? I've got to pick and choose what I'm best at, but you also have to, you know, keep the lights on and keep people paid and, you know, um, and that's been the big balance for me as an entrepreneur. But I'm, I'm proud to say that the pandemic in the last year or so has really helped slow things down for us intentionally to give us the time we've needed to course correct, right, to, to learn from those mistakes I've made so that we can scale the company into our next phase of growth. Sure. Sure. Well, I I tell you what, um, you know, you're right. You know, when we Google people and that's why this podcast, I think is so important. Um, we get into the weeds of people's lives and about their failures. And so you, you know, let's, let's get into that entrepreneurial. Cause at this point you've got a, you got a, you've got a husband, you've got kids. And I'm assuming like my wife, you have a supportive husband because, uh, if he wasn't, he probably would have said, uh, Katie, no, you're not leaving that, that nice, comfy office to go do something. And we don't even know if it's going to work. So, you know, I always say a lot of my entrepreneur buddies, they, they, they ask me, you know, what is the, the key? And I say, well, you know, the key to every woman, one of the keys is to woman's and, and a man's success that they got a husband and wife is a supportive husband oh, yeah. and a supportive wife because my, I left my job, right. To pursue acquisitions and, there wasn't a paycheck. And so my wife, you know, who's a nurse, she just, you know, kept going along and, and, and stayed with it. And she, she believed and she understood. And so um, I'm assuming that you, you have a great supportive husband. So um, kudos to him for that. But let's uh, let's hop into this entrepreneurial journey and let's talk about, you know, some of the failures uh, on that journey as you got started and also some of the emotions, because I can tell you right now, it is an emotional roller coaster. So we'd love to hear about some of that as well. Okay. So, wow, we can totally get into the emotional roller coaster. So, and this is so therapeutic, you know, you should be just charging me money, right? To, uh, to <laughs> sit here. No, you know, look, I'm going to tell you, I, I came home and I told my husband, you know, you got to understand we were both six figure earners, right? Doing really, really well. And I said, I want to leave BP and do my own thing. And he said, this is not the woman I married. (laughs) Right. Like, you know, I told him why I didn't know that I had this in me either. And it was hard and, and it's been hard, but you know what? He's been my number one fan. He's what keeps the house going right. When I need, I need to work like a dog. Right. But we, we work together and it works. And sometimes it doesn't work. Okay. But that's the reality of accepting that life is not going to be perfect and life is not going um, to go as it's planned. Right. And um, it's very, 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 um, it's difficult. 
and there are moments when it's great and there are moments <laughs> when it's terrible. And I'll, I'll, I won't, I won't kid you when in 2017, when it was apparent, I was going to have to walk out of my home and be rescued, you know, in high water in a boat with my daughter you know, because we were taking on water in our home and I, I realized, wow, my office is not too far away. It's probably impacted too. I, it all kind of fell apart, right? I mean, I remember thinking, I can go tell the world, I'll shut my business down despite the fact that it is crazy, insane, busy, right? Um, that it was washed away, you know, by these hurricane winds and rain, right? Um that feeling of wanting to give up was, was there a lot. Um, and so there have been moments along the way in this, when I've said I could just give up right now, like completely give up. And, um, and then these glimmers of hope will, will drop in miraculously. I'll get a phone call or a text message or a stranger will reach out to me. So I'll get strangers who reach out to me who'll say things like, thank you so much for all you're doing. You have, you know, you made my day. And I'm like, oh, I have to keep going, you know? And so it's, it's interesting how life happens like that, right? Just when you want to just, just give it up, <laughs> shut it down. And you can ask my husband, you can ask my lawyer, you can ask my best friends how many times they receive text messages, <laughs> boohoo moments from Katie saying, I'm done. But I'm still getting up, right? Every day. And the thing is, is Javar, and you know this because you work with some little companies and you guys are in this, this you know, business of entrepreneurs. When you want something so bad, that it doesn't matter what gets thrown at you, then you know that's what your purpose is. And so I know this is what I'm supposed to be doing. It's crazy. It's a hot mess. It can be a pile of spaghetti <laughs> on a daily basis. No, absolutely. But I am living my purpose. And thankfully, I have a supportive network, village, you know, around me, because at times it does feel lonely. I will tell you this. I mean, I didn't think this little old idea I had was going to become what it is. I mean, I've had trolls, I've had haters, I've had yep, crazy yep. people send me packages at the office and at home. I've had um, criticism and it's hard because um, you've got to rise above it, you know, and, but also realize that when things like that happen, that that's a sign, just like, sure. you know, just sure. like the person who drops you a note says, thank you so much. Keep going. So this is what's kept me going is the bad moments too. the bad moments I look back on and I kind of now can laugh at some of them because I'm like, remember that day when I just wanted to. Yeah. And you know what I did? I went to bed that night and I got up the next day. I took a breath and I kept going. Hmm. Hmm. That, that's amazing, Katie. And I, and I tell you what, you said it's therapy for you. That's why I started this, because it's therapy for me. See, I, I, I'm, I didn't start this. This wasn't about, you know, can I blow up 
and make a podcast where I can go get a Joe Rogan deal or something like that. This was more about me saying I need people's stories because I am on a journey that's extremely hard and difficult. And I just need people's stories. And as I sit here and listen to your testimony, I'm thinking in my head, Sijvar, that's why you got to keep going. We all, the, everyone that is trying something is going through it. And so I appreciate you, you know, sharing that piece um, and telling me a little bit more and peeling that onion back. Now you have a, you have a daughter at this time. Um, and so how, how, do, how are you managing, you know, staying sane like you know i go out and try to get a deal done and we almost get to the finish line like for instance we had a deal and if it wasn't for COVID, we get it done and it just COVID destroys it and so i gotta come home and you know my wife you know she understands because she's on a journey with me but it's like you know my kids are asking about hey how's the deal going because we have conversations at the dinner table and it's just like well son and I, I've got four kids, by the way. And it's just like, you know, well, the deal died on daddy and, and I give him the reasons. But how did you how do you, you know, look in your daughter's face and just keep the hope? Is, is that does that does she help you keep you know, the hope? She I does. Mean, and I'll tell you when I um some of my. My husband has been my true north, but my other true north is Allie. And, you know, when we were reshifting the brand, I said, I really want to find something that represents the future, right? For energy. And I looked at her and she's just wanting to play and mom, let's go outside and all this stuff. And she says, mom, sometimes you overthink things. Sometimes the answer's right in front of your face. And I just sat there, Javar, and I said, that's it, ally. She's Ali, the ally, all people, all forms of energy. Like, let's be allies. Let's be friends. I mean, look at the world we're in today. We live in a culture where it's cancel culture. If you don't like my opinion, I cancel you. Or the yelling and the screaming and the divisiveness. I mean, the the 2020 elections are a good example of right what what divided us as as a, a nation and as a world. But she's my little miracle. You know, and so, and I think a lot of people during the pandemic have also refocused on family and looked at what's important. You know, the pandemic has slowed us all down, made us sit at home, right, with our families and work from home and learn from home. And so I feel very incredibly lucky um, that Allie. Um, has been a big influence in this. I want to see a world where she doesn't have to put her six-year-old daughter on her back because she's being rescued from chest high water. I mean, we are clearly harming the planet. Humans are, and we need to find um, new ways, right, to, to, to power our uh, energy needs, lower carbon use, And that's going to mean transforming our economy and the way we do it. And so I can't think of a better place to be than at the intersection of equity and environment and running ally. So. Well, I'll tell you what, leaving a corporate job, starting your own company, losing your home, um, the other small little failures within the entrepreneurial journey. I tell you what, you're, you're a true entrepreneur. You're, you're the, you're the, you're the definition of it. And, you know, you just got to keep going and we keep going. So uh, what I want to do is I want to 
get in t- real quick to our rapid fire questions and, and close this thing out, Katie, because I know your time is valuable. Sure. And um, I'm just going to shoot with the first question. And that is uh, essentially what is something that you came to believe in during your hard times that you still believe in today? Oh, gosh. Um, <laughs> be yourself. You can't Photoshop um, personality. So, um, and speak your truth, even if your voice shakes. Hmm. That's a good one. That's a good one. Okay. Would you rather have all the money in the world or fulfilling work? Oh my gosh. Uh, fulfilling work. Let's, uh, I think that, that when you find fulfilling work, um, the money comes, the benefits come. So fulfilling work. Absolutely. If you died today, would you be satisfied with the life you lived? Absolutely. Although I don't want to die. So don't, don't send any um, <laughs> vibes my way. I got plenty to do still in this world. But yes, I would absolutely say that I was satisfied with the life. Perfect. Um, what's, more, what's more important? Who you know or what you know? <sighs> um, you know, I would, I would say what you know. Because um, what you know is who you know, and who knows you. Sure, sure. Uh, if you had a quote that was your favorite quote, what's your, what would it be? It's uh, it's Sheryl Sandberg's "What Would You Do If You Weren't Afraid." That keeps me going on days when I wanna um, when I wanna sit in my comfy chair instead of taking risks that I should be taking. Got it. And if you had a megaphone where the whole world could hear Katie's voice, what's one thing you would say to the entire world? Energy is the currency of life. Hmm. Although I have to say, I didn't come up with that. My dear friend and a pro-energy activist, um, the dude, Jeff Bridges said that in one of his films on the environment, but it's the truth. Energy is the currency of life. And so when we understand that energy is the center of our existence, we'll start to appreciate more how we use it, how we make it, and um, how we leverage it for, um, you know, for humanity. No, that's great. Well, We'll let the listeners kind of digest digest that. I'll go on and do it do it myself and try to learn more there. Um, but I but I think you're onto something as well. Um, thanks, Katie, again for your time, your truth. Um, thanks for being very candid today. Uh, I can't wait to let the world hear your story. Um, and if you uh, and if everyone wanted to find you, is there any way that they can find you? I know we, we mentioned the book, but do you want to kind sure, of tell people where they sure. can find you? You can check out, so you can check out Ally at allyenergy.com. Um, you can check uh, me out at katiemaynard.com. And Javor, thank you for what you're doing, giving people a voice, encouraging people to speak openly about their failures and being real about um the reality of what success looks like. I think that's uh, 
I think this is going to be a great podcast and I can't wait to see who else you have uh, you have on. So thanks for for reaching out and, and giving me the chance to put my voice into the world and for being the first. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thanks, Katie. Um, look forward to speaking and uh, I hope you be well and, you know, you and your family take care. Have a happy holidays and thank you so much again. <laughs> Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed. Now, I need you to like, share, subscribe, and tell everyone how the Hidden Failure Podcast has inspired you to keep going. Until next time, I wish you the best plus 10% on your journey.